we're doing a, a second broadcasting. Uh, I found out after we had uh, done our message earlier today that it uh, it just did not have the audio quality that it was supposed to. So um, I didn't want to leave you all high and dry. Uh, that's why we're going to just go over the message again like this. Um, I hope that this is meaningful for you. That's edifying for your life. And uh, let's get started. We we talked about red flags today. Red flags. This whole month, we've been talking about this the whole concept of romance. We've talked about sex. We've talked about dating. And today, we're talking about red flags. And people often ignore obvious red flags when they are lonely, when they're desperate, or even when they're uncertain about themselves. And when we allow just anybody into our lives, there will be nothing left for the ones who actually matter to us. And I want to make it clear that this is applicable to dating, yes, but it's also applicable to friendships, to workplaces, even family members. And so I want us to understand that that we should not just uh, check out if we think, oh, well, I'm not dating anymore. This is this is really a, a necessary topic for us to learn um, because it will help us to annoy uh, annoy. It will help us to to avoid some toxic relationships and toxic situations. So I want to start off by us first throwing off some mindset myths. Before we get into what the red flags are, we need to really change our mindset. And I believe that you should not limit yourself with self-defeating beliefs. That's what these myths are. They're self-defeating beliefs. And I want to share this verse in Proverbs 23, 7. It says, for as a person thinks within themselves, so they are. And it, it is so, it is such a psychological science proof that the, that we behave and we react to how we think. And when the reason we're going to go over these mindset shifts is because we have to stop defeating ourselves before we could stop, uh, start um, having victory in our lives. We need to be able to fight for ourselves, not fight against ourselves. And so First, you need to, to get rid of the midlife crisis mindset. That is the mindset that says, this is my last chance. Uh, a lot of people, especially once they hit 30, they get, it's like there's this, this drop off that where they get even more desperate. And maybe you're just in your mid twenties and you feel desperate. Maybe you're in high school and you feel desperate, but it's an incredibly limited perspective to think of only right now, to only think about what's right in front of you, because life is a lot longer than just a couple more months. Life is a lot longer than five years. I remember when I was 16 and the, the thought of waiting till I was 21, it seemed like it'd be eons. It seemed like it's so far away. After you hit 21, it's like, whoa, I'm already 30. It just goes by so fast. And see, you, you must think really in the grand scheme of things, maybe you don't meet the, maybe you say no right now so that you could say yes later. But that yes later, even if it was five years from now, and I don't even think it most most of the time is, it could be just right around the corner. But even if it was five years, five years is nothing compared to 40 years. I mean, it, it, it is worth it if you have the, the right one down the line. Don't settle for the wrong one. And the same goes for your friends. I mean, stop, stop surrounding yourself with people that tear you down because you're afraid of being lonely, because you're afraid that you're not going to have, that no one's going to like you. I mean, it is not your last chance. Your life isn't over yet. So don't settle. Stop making rash and dumb and lasting decisions based off of 
just how you feel right now. The second mindset shift is bottom shelf thinking. This is the thinking of they're the only person that's nice to me. You need to surround yourselves with different kinds of people because there's a lot of people that would love being nice to you, that, that would even treat you right, that would treat you like a, a decent human being. And if that is your standard, that is an incredibly low standard. That's like a standard that, that you don't even need to say out loud. It's like a given that people should be nice to you. Don't let that be your qualifier. Aspire for more than the lowest bar. That's entry level. And just think for a moment, do you tip the waiter for, for slapping you in your face? Do you tip your waiters or waitresses if they give you horrible, nasty service? Maybe if you're a super Christian, yeah, you do still. But the, it's the idea is you should aspire for, for something more. If you have, high, you have higher standards for your food service than for your potential life partner, that, that's a big, big uh, discrepancy. Now, the third mindset shift, and then we're going to get into the red flags, is gullible justification. Well, I already told them. It, it, it's like this idea of, especially for Christians who want to be pure and don't want to have sex till marriage, it's the, they, they'll say the things like, well, I already told them that I don't want to have sex. That is not enough. Just saying it one time, saying your beliefs one time, that's not enough. You, you need to be uh, uh, convicted about what you believe in. Don't be gullible and justify ignoring blaringly bright red flags because you say to yourself, well, I already told them. So, I mean, they shouldn't treat me like that. I told them that I don't want to be with someone that's mean to me. That's not enough. That's gullible justification. We often choose to be gullible, even when everything in our gut says otherwise because it feels nice for the moment of right now. It feels nice right now. It feels nice to not be lonely, to have someone to text and send an emoji whenever they're not making me feel bad. Going through the motions of protecting yourself without really protecting yourself is only allowing yourself to get hurt while pretending to be defensive. You, you really got to know better. Now let's go into the six red flags, six red flags. Last week, it was six tips on dating. Today is six red flags maybe next week we'll do six tips on marriage advice it'll be 666 for romance i'm just joking around but six red flags ignoring red flags will make you waste years of your life with toxic people i think that sometimes people get into this like gambling mentality to where if you're at the casino and you lost all your money and you only have enough money to get home for with gas and maybe some food along the way the casino mentality is like well I, I just want to be able to break even. So I'll use this money too. Maybe I could just break even. It's this idea that I've already invested so much. I don't want to walk away in the negative. I don't want to walk away at a loss. And so you think that maybe they'll change. Maybe they'll change in a year or two. Maybe I just need to, I need to help them to change. And it's this idea that you don't want to lose what you've given. But I'm telling you, the casino always wins. If you've lost thus far, you're most likely going to continue to lose. And as everything I'm talking about, I'm talking about dating specifically with friendships. I'm not suggesting to anybody that is married to someone that you should leave them. You are in a committed relationship. That's different. We're going to talk about that next week. I'm not, no matter how many red flags, even you're, if you're married to them, it doesn't matter if they have red flags or not. That, that's your spouse. And y'all need to communicate to work things out. I'm talking about red flags like before you commit. All right. So 
Red flag number one is possessiveness and jealousy. Early signs of possessiveness and jealousy only grow and multiply with time, especially if you get married. Some people think that my problems will go away once I get married. No, they'll get even worse. They continue getting more and more progressive. And you must understand that if, they're, if they act possessive and jealous now, they will can it will continue to grow and they're going to excommunicate you from your family they're going to excommunicate you from your friends any meaningful and thriving relationship that you have they will kill and shut out because of that possessiveness because of that jealousy look at the story in second samuel chapter 13 the story of amnon and tamar amnon pretty much rapes his sister because he was infatuated with her didn't want anyone else to have her and after he took everything from her he told her, now get out. I don't want to have anything to do with you. Think about that, that toxic boyfriend, that toxic relationship to where they just took everything from you in high school. They just kept taking and taking. You lost all your friends. You're, you started talk, uh, treating your family bad because it was all about them. And no matter how much you gave, it ended with them most likely cheating on you and then breaking up with you. They broke up with you. That's what possessiveness, possessiveness and jealousy leads to. Number two is infatuation. If a girl or guy seems to just come out of nowhere and and they're just like gung-ho, they're just like ready, like you only know them for a couple of weeks and they're like, oh my gosh, just like, I love you. I, I think that you should be weary. I'm not saying that's always bad, but I'm, I'm saying that you should be cautious because sometimes when, when people feel the feelings, the feelings, especially after being lonely for a while, when you feel the feelings of someone liking you back, it, it can easily become this infatuation and it, it is the surface level feeling that it, it, it's all with that best foot forward. Think about the first date you go on. Typically people like present themselves in a way that's not real. It, it's not the real them. It's the pretty them. It's the cute them. It's the, the, the quirky them. And it's not the goofball. It's quirky. It's, it's like we, we present ourselves with our best foot forward and, and so if you allow yourself to just succumb to this infatuation, it's so easy for that, those feelings to fade. And then all of a sudden people will get married three months and be like, oh, why did I marry this person? I don't even like them. And it makes, it just makes this complicated mess. Now, look, me and Lauren, we only dated for six months and then we got married. Now we we're about to be celebrating 11 years married. And so again, I'm not saying that's every time, but even for us, we, we communicate and got a lot of hard questions right at the gate. We were asking hard questions at the beginning. And there was even a time where we didn't talk to each other for seven days so that we would make sure that we're not just infatuated. We, want, we took seven days to literally pray, not talk to each other, and ask God, is this person right for me? So we, we really made it a point to, to be serious about it. Next is unwarranted guilt. How do they make you feel? Or try looking at yourself from a third person perspective. If you often feel guilty for things that you don't even know why you feel guilty for, or, or you don't even know what you did wrong, you may be in a manipulative relationship to where they are guilt tripping you into doing things you don't want to do. And it leads us into the, the next red flag, which is self-seeking and selfishness. If, if it's the idea of if you're often feeling so worse about yourself instead of better, they're, they're most likely manipulating you. They're emotionally abusing your relationship. And if you feel that you are compromising on things that you believe in or areas that you have values, you are most likely in a selfish 
and using relationship, meaning that they have no problem using you, even though they're not willing to give to you. It, it, it really is a relationship is a two-way street. And so if you're always giving, you feel like you're, they, you're not getting anything out of it, then you're not getting anything out of that relationship. You should cut, cut ties and run. And uh, we're getting near the end here. We've got number five, it's lack of depth. It, it, it kind of goes inside with that infatuation, but it's when you're dating and you center all of your early dates uh, around just like uh, physical touch or watching movies, like maybe you, you, you've never really had some real communication. That's dangerous. You're getting, that means a lack of depth is what I'm trying to say, because you need to ask hard questions with intent to really get to know the person. What often happens is we, we just, we got hot for somebody and we start just, we get so infatuated and we get all, uh, we get all shallow and we're just all into each other's bodies and our looks. And we just like, it feels good. And we go all for it. And then all of a sudden we feel guilty because we gave up ourselves and maybe we should have held back. And well, let's just get married to make us feel better. That way we have our license to mess around. We have our license to have sex as Christians. And so then they do it, and then they realize that their, their relationship was so shallow, they had no depth. You need to have the hard questions at the beginning. And don't give them the baited questions that already have the right answers to them. Like for me and Lauren, when I wanted to know if I was dating a real Christian, I was asking her some, some, some in-depth questions. I was like, so do you believe in that whole tithing business? I didn't ask like, I believe in tithing. Do you believe in tithing? Because I want to be with someone that believes in tithing. I'm giving them the answer. I want to know her genuine answer. So I, I even made it seem like I wasn't a tither. And I said, do you, do you believe in the whole tithing business? She like stopped and looked around and said, well, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I did the same thing for speaking in tongues. And again, those, those aren't qualifies for everybody, but it was for me. Those are important things in my faith. I didn't just want someone who said they go to uh, church. I didn't want someone that just called themselves a Christian. I really wanted someone that was actively disciplined in areas of faith that I was actively disciplined in. I mean, I'm talking about not just religion, maybe even you need to talk about politics, especially nowadays, politics are big separators. And if you go, you're dating someone for over a year, and it's, you already have so many emotions for them. And all of a sudden that you, you find out that they have the complete opposite political view of you. And you're just like, what am I going to do? I mean, you're, you're making emotional damage when you could get these questions out of the way at the beginning money handling, work ethic, social interactions, spirituality, maturity. These are things you need to get depth for at the beginning. Finally, red flags of how they treat and talk to others. Pay attention to the way they treat others, like the waiter, the waitress, their mom, their dad, their other friends. See how they communicate because most likely that's how they're going to be talking to you in a couple of years. You need to really pay attention and don't allow infatuation. Don't allow desperation to make you ignore these things. I mean, if you're, if you're the one saying like, why did you, you shouldn't talk to them like that. And like, oh no, it's, it's nothing. They don't care. It's, if it bothers you, it's going to bother you times a hundred if y'all get married. So you should really pay attention and, and make some lines in the sand about this. Now, with all these red flags, that closes our red flag section. I want to I want to just project this last thought to you, and that is to listen to reason. Listen to reason. Your heart can suck at telling you the truth. You know it. I know it. My heart sucks at telling me the truth. Your heart sucks at telling you the truth. 
And I'm projecting to, to be logical and not desperate. A, a simple example is like, it, it's like, I don't know about you guys. I, I'll, use, uh, I'll usually decide what time I want to get up in the morning by setting an alarm, right? And my mind, my reason says, I want to get up at this time so I can get X, Y, Z done. And it's this logical thought process. And I go to bed with the thought of not only getting up at that time, but what I will get done by getting up at that time. I go to bed. I wake up. My alarm goes off. And my heart, my heart, it convinces me of a different truth. It convinces me that it feels so much better, that, that just sleeping in a little bit longer will be worth it, that that pleasure will be better than what I predetermined to do, that no matter what I could get done, it can't compare to how I feel right now in my blanket, in my bed, and my heart will convince me of something that feels good rather than choosing what is something truly better for me. It feels good, but it's not better for me. And that's what, that's the difference between listening to reason and listening to your heart. And I want you to know that sometimes it is too good to be true. I, I know that's not the greatest thing to say for Disney, but it's, it, sometimes it is too good to be true. Think about how in normal reality, we as people step and tread cautiously, but not all the time. It, and, and, those who are, it just seems like all in at the very beginning. And it's like, wow, they just like, they, it's all the stars. It's all the checks. And we only known each other for two weeks. I, I would just caution you that maybe it is too good to be true because manipulators are good at manipulating. Liars are good at lying. And, and sometimes people, they get really good at saying what they, that you want to hear. It's just, that's a fact. And don't rush into something that seems too good to be true because you might find out some caca a little bit later. Don't stay, and with that, don't stay with someone that's back and forth. If they're unstable already, they'll continue to be unstable later. If they seem like the whole package, but they're constantly doubting uh, whether or not they, they're ready for a relationship or not, just cut ties and run. It's not worth it. Next, I want to say, listen to those close to you. I'm not talking about like the, the people that like sharing cheese man always have trash to talk. I'm talking about those who you, you genuinely respect. And if they were to tell you something about this person or about this relationship it, and th that it would take you back, like what? I, I never saw it like that. It, listen to those that you know really care about you. That it, it is hard to be able to see clearly when you're blinded by pleasure when you're blinded by what feels good in relationships even toxic relationships give a sense of security and there's so many times where everyone is telling you get out of that relationship they're not good for you you could do so much better and you're like no 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 i'm not going to listen to them and then three years later you're like i should have listened to them i'm telling you just if if people are telling you something i'm not saying suggesting just break up no matter what I'm just saying, think about it. Just really be serious about it and think about it. And finally, I want to say is listen to scripture when you feel confused about God's voice. When you are in, infatuated. Notice how I'm not saying in love, because sometimes we say in love when we just feel things. Infatuated. When you feel 
all these desires, it is hard to hear God's voice clearly. It's hard to distinct his voice from your voice. And I want to share a couple scriptures on that. In Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, it says, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things, and it is desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? In Proverbs 3, 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. It, what it's saying is, don't trust your heart. Give it to God. Trust what, trust what he has to say. Give your heart into his hands. In Proverbs 31, 30, Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last <laughs> but a woman who fears the lord will be greatly praised Th this is one of my favorite verses one time i had a family member that was asking me about uh, advice of this person they were they were dating and they saw all these red flags but they they ended by saying but you know what though they're so charming and they're just beautiful they really are and i just don't know and my response was this verse i said well if that's what you have to go off of, charm is deceptive and beauty does not last. So this is not a very good foundation to be with somebody. <laughs> and I want you to think about this idea of charming being deceptive. No one, no one perceives that they will be deceived. No one thinks that they could ever be tricked. That's what being tricked is, though. And if, if you trust in your heart, if you just continue to trust how you feel, you will be deceived. It's as simple as that. You will be tricked. And then years later, you're like, I don't know how I didn't see it. You, you just don't know until you know. And so often people will go off of those feelings and look, God can speak to everybody. God, the Holy Spirit is alive and powerful and God can speak to you. But so often what I hear is people will choose to do things that do not edify their walk with God while saying God told me to. Like, for example, well, uh, I feel like God is telling me that I don't need to go to church as much anymore, that I, I need to focus more like my personal relationship and not go to church. See, that that aspect is leading you away from God, not closer to God. Uh, well, I feel like I was just getting too overwhelmed with the idea of like praying and reading the Bible. And I feel like God told me I just need to stop and like sit back and, and allow him to just be, to just be in my life. And see, that is drawing you away from God, not close to God. But all these things are saying, oh, God told me. I think that any person, regardless if you're desperate or infatuated, any person should be weary of saying, God told me so. But think about the Crusades, dog. Like, think about the history, about how many people killed in the name of God. And it was wrong. It, the Bible tells us it was wrong, but they did it in the name of God. And God told us. And in the same way, whatever you choose to do, do not label it saying, God told me they were the right ones for me. I, that's, that's a stretch, okay? Look at what scripture says. Look how many times God tells someone this person is for you. I, I would just suggest, look at, uh, look at all these instances in the Bible where, uh, where, where Paul talks about people who say that they're going to do something in the name of God but they end up being uh, false witnesses. They, they end up uh, being just completely wrong. Look at Moses in, 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 the, in the book of Exodus and, and Deuteronomy and, and about when the sons of Korah were fighting against Moses and they used these words and they said, God can speak to us too. And wh while they thought they were hearing from God, it was only their own desires. And God punished them for, for behaving in such a way. They were in open rebellion against uh, Moses and his leadership. 
And all the while, they claimed that God had spoke to them, and they were wrong. So again, I could pull out story after story, but what I'm trying to project to you is when you feel confused about something, look at what scripture says rather than just simply going off of, well, God told me. Just listen to reason. And if it's not biblical, then maybe it's not God's voice. Maybe it's it's actually your own voice, your own desires. And I want us to just kind of like end on this thought. What is it right now that would bring you closer to God? What is the one thing right now that would bring you closer to him? If you could think about what would that be? And maybe right now, the the number one thing that you need to do is make that first decision for God. Maybe you've never made a clear decision for Christ and you want to do that today. The Bible says in the book of Romans, that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is who he says he is, that surely you shall be saved. It's saying is you have a genuine heart and talk to God yourself. That's all it takes. Start this relationship with him. And that's the most valuable relationship you could ever have. Jesus has no red flags. Jesus has nothing that that would be damaging to us in our lives. In fact, he promises life and life abundantly. And if you need to make that prayer, you don't need me to lead you through a pretty prayer. You can talk to Jesus yourself. And I encourage you to have that conversation right now. Have that conversation right now and talk to him today. I hope that this this message was edifying for you. I hope that it made a difference in your life. Without all that being said, we are going to finish up our series on romance. Uh, we're going to finish up our series on romance next week. It will be our last one, and we're going to be talking about better together we, uh, as we go over marriage. And uh, even and after that, we're going to be starting a new series called The Right Thing. And I'm really excited for that series. We'll, we'll be sharing more information then. But until then... Love you guys so much. Hope uh, you have a good rest of your weekend. Love you. Bye.